Marie Speaks God's Grace. Website Marie Speaks God's Grace. Marie Speaks God's Grace. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me off in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. It caused me to pass by the round mountain. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews of the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above. There was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. For I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, said the Lord. How we conduct Bible studies here. We believe God has called each of us to search matters out. The glory of God is to conceal a thing secret, but the king's honor is to search out a thing. Proverbs 25 2. This is one reason why here at Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study we review several historical references and resources, of which we provide links and or screenshots for others to study at their leisure. We have been directed by God Almighty, to go book by book, verse by verse, sharing His good news. We believe as directed by God our Heavenly Father, learning and growing in Christ shall only be achieved in reading, studying, and sharing His word for ourselves, not relying on man. Luke 9 1 then, a called he his twelve disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all devils, and to heal diseases. Two, and he sent them forth to preach the kingdom of God, and to cure the sick, Matthew 24 4 and Yesus answered, and sighed unto them, Take heed to that no man deceive you. 5 For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Learning, growing, and studying with our Lord is to be done with others that are like-minded, but more so during our personal time. Matthew 6 6 But when thou prayest, enter into thy chamber and when thou hast shut thy door, pray unto thy Father which is in secret, 
and thy father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly.0. The blogs are written to assist those just beginning to study the Bible as a starting point. The live or recorded Bible studies are to cover and release opportunities and guidance, but ultimately is one's own personal responsibility to rule, govern, and be purposeful in their relationship with God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3:8. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Proverbs 22:6. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old he will not depart from it. Romans 12 6-8. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches, in his teaching, the one who exhorts, in his exhortation, the one who contributes, in generosity, the one who leads, with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Ezekiel 18:20. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Hello children of God, welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. This is season four of this beautiful ministry where we go book by book, verse by verse, studying the true, incorruptible, infallible, everlasting, living Word of God. Now before we get into the intro, I wanted to come on and say hello and blessings be to the ever-loving, living God. Thank you for coming back to another wonderful season. I want to encourage everyone to gather their favorite version of the Bible. Maybe some water, maybe some coffee, maybe even some tea. Get your notebook, get your pens and paper because we are going to dive into the biblical teaching reading out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible and then the historical teaching reading out of a Bible's handbook along with other sources that you can find off of our main social media page at minds.com Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study and then we will go into a spiritual teaching reading out of the Blue Stone Torah now these teachings are made to encourage and educate the church on the true living gospel of our father who is in heaven 
Now a little bit of housekeeping. Donations are always appreciated. So if the Spirit so leads you by our Father to donate, please do. The links are in the description box. Or what really helps out is helping pay for advertising. How can you do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. A like and a heart and a share roughly is a donation of about $35 to $55 depending on your, uh, your friends list. So please, children of God, go out there, like, heart, and share, and let's share the good news. Now, let's get into our intro, and I pray in Jesus' name, we all get something out of this Bible study. Amen. to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice children of God, welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. Today we're going to be going over number chapter 17. I entitled this Bible study, The Nations Shall See Whom the Lord Our God Has Chosen. Q. Thy staff and thy rod, they comfort me, this almond tree, and I know that's a bunch of titles for one little Bible study, but I really feel like the Lord our God is leading us because 
He wants us to look at the patterns. He wants us to look at the repeats in history. He wants us to have an idea of what the next season is going to be because we have already seen what the past season is. And some of us might be wondering and questioning just like this nation of Israel at this time in the desert. They're wandering and they're wondering what is going to happen next because due to their own inactivity, their own rebellion, their own going against God, now they're starting to feel and see the consequences of their actions. And some of them are remorseful. Some of them are sad because they got caught. Some of them are generally repentant and they want to know how they can possibly redeem the situation. So I pray in Jesus' name that as we go over this Bible study and the next, we will see how we can correct events, correct issues, correct ourselves so that we can have a more prosperous, meaning right with God, prosperity in His law, prosperity in His mercy, prosperity in His grace, prosperity in His presence in our life. That's what truly matters. Because our God is eternal and always and forever. And if we would just not worry about the corruptible things of this world, but instead focus on what is true, pure, and good, we will be able to do great things, greater things than the previous generations have done. Let's pray. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord, our Savior, thank you for this day, my God. Thank you for being with us, leading and guiding us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for showing us to look to the past, not as a way of mourning, not as a way of wishing, but as a tool to help us learn from our mistakes. Thank you for telling your prophets and your saints of old to write this down so that we can take something wonderful from this and use it as a stepping stool and a step up to you lord father we thank you for strengthening us we thank you for humbling us <laughs> re-educating us hallelujah giving us courage giving us faith giving us resilience lord we pray for everyone within the body of christ lord this is the time i believe you're telling us to to guard our loins amen put on our sandals and have faith where the lord our god is leading us mm. pray this all in the mighty name of our jesus christ of nazareth filled with the holy spirit the ruha kaddish and sealed with the blood of christ All right, children of God, welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. Next, I explained briefly before, we're going to be going over Numbers chapter 17 this evening. And as always, I'm excited about this Bible study. <laughs> um, I 
truly love God's word and God's leading and God is my happy place. God is my refuge. God is my strength. Hallelujah. So when we get to be together and talk about God, I'm talking about the love of my life and my favorite person in this world and in the spiritual realm. So when I say I'm looking forward to this Bible study, I love talking about Jesus. Amen. And the fact that I do get to go online and share my love of Jesus with everyone, it's just an added bonus. Amen. It's it's a blessing. It's the icing on the cake, if you will. So what you see on the screen before you is our Minds.com social media page. This is our main social media page that we use. If you go to our articles, you will see our several blog postings that you could then click on and view and read on your own time or ahead um, we do our best to post these ahead of time and then I also post these on our website mariespeaksgodsgrace.live because we serve a living God under season 4 blog so along with our many um, social media posts we do post our blog on uh, minds.com the website and then also we do post um, the blog in audio on uh, Spotify as well as we will upload uh, after everything is done each live Bible setting onto Rumble and our uh, what do you call it? Spotify. So you do have options. I Some people wanted to be able to listen instead of just just watch because they're driving. I believe our Bible study is more of a visual Bible study because I'd love to share the links and the information. But um, for those who like to listen, um, here you go. <laughs> and I will try to be um, less, well, you know, sometimes when the Lord is leading you, you can't help but be passionate and loud. And I really feel that's the Spirit of God Almighty leading us sometimes. But, um, someone was like, Marie, when you get really loud, you know, I'm, I'm almost asleep and it wakes me up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Anyhow, um, I guess it's a compliment. So here we go. <laughs> I know, right? All right. So here we go. Marie speaks God's Grace Life. Excuse me, drinking some tea. This is our website. And as I explained before, this is where we post our blogs and we have our calendar and such on and our Hebrew calendar and just a bunch of our social media links. We have a ton of social media links. So, yeah, here we go. Let's get into the Word of God Almighty. Let me put on the screensaver so I don't make everyone blurry as I scroll down, 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 down. Oh, hi. All right, here we go. So, here at Marie Speaks God's Grace um, Bible Study, I love, I believe God has showed us to go over history, biblical texts, and then a spiritual teaching. So, this is what we will do in Jesus' name. So, first things first, let's go over the historical part. I did copy and paste our previous Bible study blog and live post you can find on the blog there. Um, because it goes right along with this one. In fact, I believe if God had directed us like he had in seasons past, 
we in previous time would have probably done um, Bible study 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 all together because you got to kind of remember the background of what led up to this event with the rod and the staff. I feel it's important not to read only chapter by chapter but to remember what happened previous because this nation of Israel at this point in time just didn't get it together, right? They just had no clue that it was due to their own rebellion that these curses were before them and that this tragedy kept happening to this whole nation and in not realizing that, hey, if you would just straighten up and be right with God, a lot of these issues could be avoided, right? Instead of doing that, they were blaming everyone else but themselves. They were blaming Aaron. They were blaming Moses. They were blaming the Levites at one time. Um, and this is what tends to happen with individuals who don't have... This is probably a gift. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm thinking it's a gift, especially in these times. Individuals who don't have the gift of self-reflection... Um, they, they miss out. In my opinion, they just miss out. If you're too busy pointing the finger at everyone else and you keep having the same repeat situation and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse and more piled on and more piled on, at some point in time, there has to be a reasonable and prudent adult who could discern and say, maybe the problem is me. Or if that individual is some for some reason just incapable of looking in the mirror and being like, wow, I need to get myself together. I pray in Jesus' name that that individual has a loving and caring friend, boss, co-worker, spouse, a child, whatever it is that they will listen to and they will be like, hey, you need to get it together. These issues in your life are because of you, you know? And problem is a lot of individuals just have some pride and, and they're not humble. They don't have it in them to, to be like, maybe the reason I'm sad, depressed, and alone is because I don't treat others too kindly. Maybe the reason I'm sad, depressed, and alone is because when someone good does come around me, I use and abuse them and then they get tired of it because people don't want to be used and abused. You see what I mean? It's not very often where someone is just a good person all around and nobody wants to be around them. You see what I mean? Unless, 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 there is an unless, unless God is separating that person for a greater purpose. Like in case of prophets and saints and healers and, and Bible educators, uh, yep, you're going to go through that. It doesn't matter how awesome and, and wonderful and right with God you are and you could be the most kindest, sweetest, wholesome, holy, righteous person, um, you know, except for Jesus, you know. You could be that close to Jesus where you're always kneeling at Jesus' feet and especially then the world will hate you. So you could either take it as a compliment <laughs> and be like, yes, I'm so right with Jesus, Not this world can't stand me, you know, or... You could be like other individuals and just play the victim. The choice is yours because we have free will. I choose to look on the brighter side of things, obviously, and be like, hey, I believe this is a good thing. After you get over the initial 
this kind of sucks, you know? You realize the freedom that you have in Christ. This is just my experience. You realize the freedom that you have in Christ and how God has separated you for a greater purpose. He did this to every single one of his prophets and his apostles and his saints. Amen. So, could take it as a compliment. Amen. Your reward will be in heaven in Jesus' name. All right. Now, I don't know why we went on that. Maybe someone needed to hear that and God wanted them to hear that. So here we go. All right. So Haley's Bible's handbook. This is a handbook that is one of my favorites, but I do have a new favorite that God has blessed me with, which I will introduce every introduce to everyone in a little bit. But let's go with our oldie but goodie. Haley Bible's handbook. Now I've already read over this, but basically it talks about how Moses had a lot of troubles and it was just issue after issue with this nation of Israel who kept rejecting God, rejecting his servant, rejecting his prophet, and rejecting freedom, rejecting health, rejecting wealth. They were just so living in the past, so broken down and in their um mental slave derangement mentality they wanted to remain and stay there they wanted to stay in their comfort level of discomfort right so moses had a difficult time even his cousins were coming against him at the last chapter and his brother and sister came against him in the chapter before that even his own wife was talking about him to his sister moses had a difficult children of god if you are a prophet a healer a caster outer, someone who is greatly anointed, God <laughs> is going to separate you. And if you won't separate yourself from those so you can do God's divine purpose, whoo, God will have them send you away <laughs> just so he could get you alone. I know it doesn't always feel good, but like I said, you could take it as a compliment in Jesus' name. It's all how you take it sometimes. All right. So let's get into, let me get my hard copy, Richard's Complete Bible Handbook. This is another handbook that I like. Um, personally, I like handbooks that have pictures and maps. Some don't, some do. This one does have a couple of really good pictures with it, pictures that I've never seen um, that are associated with these areas. So as we go over other books in the Bible, I pray we get to the parts where there's pictures so I can show them to you guys because it would just be awesome. All right. So, Numbers chapter 17, Aaron's budding staff. This um, Bible study handbook states this. To demonstrate once and for all that God, that it was God who chosen Aaron and his family for the priesthood, a wooden staff was brought by each tribe to the tent of of meeting the tabernacle. The next morning, Aaron's staff was sprouted and actually produced fruit. The staff is placed in the tabernacle as a witness of God's calling. Finally, now the people are frightened, but of the tabernacle, not of disobedience, because we all know they go and disobey yet again in the next company. <laughs> chapters these really are some hard-headed individual i love you god our god is so patient and good could you imagine that all the stuff that aaron put up with and moses put up with and our god puts up with 
Half of us, I know I wouldn't put up with it. Nope. No, 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 no. No, I wouldn't in Jesus' name. And sometimes I ask God, like, am I... I don't know. This, I guess this is me trying to do a self-reflection. I ask God, am I... Let me say it this way. Sometimes I believe we could be too quick to push people away or to judge people and cut people off, you know? And then I feel sometimes we are too lenient on individuals and we'll just take abuse after abuse after abuse. I was talking to God about this. I was like, God, there has to be a fine line, you know? It all just can't be... I don't believe it's for every situation. I believe it's a case-by-case basis based off whatever circumstance or possibly the relationship. Like, I wouldn't deal with a hostile boss, but some people would. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just... I pray we get to the point where we have discernment, mercy grace forgiveness all in one sandwich and we all just take a big old bite and uh then we slather on some wisdom with it and it just somehow becomes the good and the glory for our god does that make sense possibly not but but you know we can pray i just pray we do better this next go around because it's gonna get going to where you know there might be not many more chances to get this right in Jesus name all right so the next book that I love 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 I have been searching for for quite a long time is um, the Wycliffe Bible Encyclopedia. Now, I love this version of the Bible. It is older than um, even the Geneva Bible, which is my favorite version of the Bible. The Wycliffe Bible was written by Wycliffe um, in the 1300s. So it is in, I believe, dramatic English. And yes, it does take some time to read. Now, that isn't this Bible, although I do have a replica of that Bible. Um, this is the encyclopedia of that Bible. So, what I, just a fun little truth, I, and testimony, hallelujah, I love going to used bookstores. Love, love, love it. So, when I go to used bookstores, I always pray before I go. And,. A couple of weeks or days ago, I went, and before I went, I was praying. And I always pray to find a Wycliffe Bible, a Matthew Henry's Bible, or a Geneva Bible. I don't want anything printed before the 1950s. So, I felt like God was saying, go and look around this corner. So I looked around the corner, and I'm looking, 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 and then I look up, and here are two... Um, Wycleft Bible Encyclopedias. And I was just like, thank you, God. Immediately, I was like, ooh, thank you, God. Anyhow, small little testimony. I know God isn't a genie in a bottle who, who just, you know, or a piggy bank or anything like that. I get that. But I do believe God will bless us with little gifts or little promises fulfilled, prayers fulfilled, 
especially if we were going to use them for his word. Obviously, I want a wide cleft Bible because I enjoy them. I want to read them and I want to come online and share God's word. It's part of what I love to do and I feel passionate about being that we are Bible study ministry. So, do I believe God led me to these Bible encyclopedias 100%, especially because I was patient with it. I prayed on them um, for them from God. I could have easily gone online and bought them of my own free will. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but to me, there's something special about praying to God and asking God for a sign or asking God to show me something or God show me that I'm following your spirit and and give me something that you'll know I'll notice that could have only come from you you see what I mean anyhow I felt like this was that so I'm very excited to read from them today <laughs> anyhow so some versions of the Bible um, interchange rod with staff and staff with rod they are not the same thing. They are not even the same word um, in Hebrew or in Greek or even in Latin. They are not the same word. So I wanted to go into the definitions. So here we are going to go into the definitions of staff and rod. Various Hebrew and Greek words in many passages in the Bible refer to staff and in a literal sense. These include associations with or used by shepherds, travelers, warriors, and soldiers. The prominent biblical use, however, are figurative. Moses' rod, for instance, symbolizes the presence of God and his covenant concerned for his people. Aaron's rod was God's miracle-working instrument. Elijah's staff conveyed his healing power. The shepherd's staff symbolizes security, protection, and perhaps a nearness of God. From such symbolism, the believer takes courage as he faces life's demands and disappointments. Since a staff supports its users, the figurative expression staff of beard came to mean one's daily supply staff of bread, excuse me, came to mean one's daily supply of food. On occasion the rod and staff embolized God's power in judgment. Assyria was the rod of God's anger like a staff to execute his indignation see Isaiah chapter 10 verse 5 and we'll read about that later but that's a definition of staff now now we're gonna go into the definition of rod and here we are all right Rod, 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 rod. Oh, here we go. The translation of five and five Hebrew and Greek words: halter, rod, properly shoot, spout, and twig. The two occasions of this word in the Old Testament are figurative. 
the first in indicating the product of a thoughtless and second thoughtlessness sorry and the second is indignative of the purpose of god in grace pride shows itself as it sprouts out of the mouth of a fool though the house of david shall fall it shall not remain prostrate for a rod shoot shall come forth the christ the designation of shoot reflects humble nature of the life of christ the grandeur of his future reigns in, is suggested in the word branch. Hebrew maquel ascribed M-A-Q-Q-E-L, rod stick, is a shorter portion of branch or almond branch, a longer portion. The shorter portion is used by Jacob in Padan Aram, in conformity with the local custom of belief in prenatal influence. In this case, the rod is peeled in a certain manner and arranged in a particular fashion before the herds. So as the influence of the character of the spring, it is also Jacob's walking staff. In Hebrew, it is the word is mate or staff m a t t e h staff or rod the word is most frequently used designates the walking staff of a pilgrim or herdsman or of a soldier later it is seen as modeled by egyptian soldiers of ancient times the rod of the oppressor or a symbol of a leader or ruler the two most important usages are in the contest with the Pharaoh and the contest over Aaron as a high priest. In Moses' hand, his rod became a symbol of the authority by which God demanded the release of Israel and also the symbol of God's power against which Egypt could not stand. In the case of Aaron, the fact that his rod alone among all the other rods budded, though all were cut off from the supply of fruits producing energy. This was proof that Yahweh, hallelujah, that Aaron was the high priest and the priesthood was limited to his house. The rod was laid up before the people as a warning to rebels. The rod symbolizes God's authority, a man's wickedness, and when it's broken and lost power, and a scepter. In Hebrew, rod is shevet, S-H-E-B-E-T, rod or scepter, is used in the connection with beating people. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24, to beat out common. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 27 as a weapon, 2 Samuel verse 23, chapter 23 verse 21 as an emblem of a national chastisement. chastisement. It is the shepherd's club and it is used to count sheep in Leviticus chapter 27 verse 32. This term signifies a shorter stick than a staff. It usually had a nub end, which it was used to stub with the nails or flint. 
It could refer to a mace with a stone head. It is also a scepter, the symbol of conquest. As written in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, and of the power of Christ. Also see armor. In Greek, the word rod is rabdos, R-H-A-B-D-O-S, rod, staff, scepter, is a symbol of chastisement. The, the reed of measurement is similar to a staff, gathering up itself in the strength of, as written in the Old Testament usage, as a symbol of power and might. Christ's power to rule the world is symbolized as an unbreakable rod of iron, the fulfillment of the Psalms, chapter 2, verse 9, Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 8, Revelation, chapter 2, verse 27, chapter 12, verse 5, and chapter 19, verse 15. I love reading definitions, obviously. I know it probably isn't for everyone, but I feel it's important to read definitions, and here's why. Often, individuals especially I notice this nowadays, now that I read more dictionaries, um, they tend to try to apply a 21st definition to a first century word. You see how that doesn't work? Words and definitions change over time. Words have different meanings in different languages. A, how, a word that we would use for English would not be the same as English even in England or Britain. You see what I mean? So, especially as us in the body of Christ, we shouldn't be, in my opinion, so quick to think we know what every single word means. I believe we should be humble enough to research and search the matter out. Why is this? Because we do not want to be like those 10 spies that are pretending that we know what the land looks like and then we go and we mislead other people and all of a sudden we are in slander we are in gossip we are in rebellion and we are going against the word of god does that make sense now we should do our due diligence and just simply research that's it open up a book or even search online me, I prefer books. And figure out what a word means. Even if we think we already know it. <sighs> Excuse me, getting a drink of tea. Why not take an extra moment to open up a book and find out what God meant a word to say or what the Hebrews would have thought it or the nation of Israel would have thought a word to say or the Greeks or the those who spoke Latin would have meant that word to say. In doing so, when we look at a definition of a word and we go back and read the Bible verse again, we might understand the correct context and the correct um, story behind those Bible verses so that we can better apply those Bible verses to our life and then go out and help others. That's just what I believe. But always confirm with God. Amen. All right. The next uh, Bible study handbook we are going to look over is Eddie Mons. Uh, handbooks to the Bible. So, right here, this one uh, handbook says, 
Like all biblical miracles, this one has a very practical point. Everyone can see where God's choice falls and there is no more room for dispute. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I really like this um, Bible study handbook as well. It does have a lot of pictures for those that are wondering. Um, I got this from a used bookstore too. So if anyone's looking for, in my opinion, if you're looking for, oh, I love books. God, God, thank you, my Lord. <laughs> if you are looking for, um, to understand or looking for pictures so you can better, better kind of visualize what was going on in biblical times, I suggest go to a used bookstore and look for some old books or look for a old book selling website like eBay or something. And get yourself an old book so you can know what God means. Amen. Alright. So next we're going to go over the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible. Um, this is my favorite version of the Bible. The one I feel God anointed for this Bible study and led me to. Um, the only other, like I said, the only other Bible that I really love more than this Bible is the Wyclef Bible. I'm trying to reteach myself how to read it because um, it is a difficult kind of kind of text to read. But once you figure out the rules, you'll you do quite well at it, just like the Geneva Bible, right? It took me a while to learn how to read the Geneva. Anyhow, you can read along with any version of the Bible that you like. I just happen to like this one, the bestest. Amen. All right, bestest. <laughs> Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ Nazareth, thank you for this Bible study. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our time together. Lord, we pray that those within the sound of our voice just feel blessed and taken care of by you, Lord. If they are searching for an answer, if they are searching for a word, if they have a need that needs to be fulfilled, Lord, we know that you have already gone out and ensure that prayer has been answered before they even stop speaking in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that you are the great I am and always will be. Amen. There is no one like our God. There is no one like our Savior, and there is no one like your beautiful Holy Spirit. Many can try, but all will fall short in Jesus' name. We pray always and forever. Amen and amen. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 17. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod after the house of their fathers. Of all their princes, according to the family of their fathers, even twelve rods. And thou shalt write every man's name upon his rod, and Aaron, and write Aaron's upon the rod of Levi, for every rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. Now, now that I'm rereading uh, this Bible verse again, it's kind of awesome that. God is saying, no, 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 you're going to do it for 12 tribes, right? All 12 tribes based off the righteousness of the patriarchs of the 12 tribes. But the ones who are coming against Aaron, questioning Aaron's position as being the high priest of the tabernacle, is the leader of the tribe of Levi. But So I love how God directs Moses to be like, no, 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 um, you're going to ensure that Aaron's name is on there 
and that Aaron's name is for the house of the Levites. Now I believe God didn't say for the Levites as in the tribe of the Levites. I believe God meant it exactly how he said. Aaron's name will be on the rod of Levi, the actual Hebrew who God, um, who came from, amen, the line of Jacob, the actual one, um, the patriarch. So when they say all these names after them and their tribes, we have to understand just like um, the plate of righteousness, the plate of the high priest, which we're going to review a little bit next. I believe it's being based off the patriarchs, not necessarily the tribes that came afterwards. Because as we went over before, the reason, the whole reason that the nation of Israel became enslaved while they were around Egypt, when they went into the land of Egypt, um, Gershon, uh, Gershon next to Egypt, is the reason they got enslaved is the righteousness leaders the righteous leaders all died and the ones the generations that came after them weren't as righteous as the ones before in fact they began to intermingle and began to sin with the tribes or the nations that were surrounding them meaning those who were who were into witchcraft those were who were into sorcery those were into idolatry bestiality pornography every kind of necromancy and perverse sexualism you see what i mean so after that nation of israel fell spiritually and they began to turn their back on god god ha well if you're not right with god the hedge of protection is removed right so they turned their back on god god let them over to themselves because they refused to get corrected and that's what led them into their almost 400, 350 or 400 years of slave and captivity in the nation of Egypt. Does that make sense? Amen. All right. So I believe that's why God is saying, no, no, no. Write the names of the houses of their fathers. God isn't meaning like their immediate fathers. He's meaning their great, great to the great, 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 great grandfathers that I remember and knew who loved me. Amen? Alright. This gathering of items and writing names of the fathers on, on them echoes the breastplate worn by the high priest of the tabernacle, Aaron, as ordered by Almighty God in the book of Exodus. So it looks something like this, right? This is the uniform, as you were, of what the high priest would wear. There's always a debate over the whole turban. Um, but this is something of what the high priest of the tabernacle would have worn. Fine, beautiful linen. It wouldn't have been red. It would have been blue, for the record. All right. These are the gemstones that are said to have been for uh, the, the tribes of uh, the nation of Israel. Okay, now I know everyone is looking at it and they're seeing Levi on the far left, Simon in the middle, and Reuben on the right, right? Okay, I mean, correct? Right, all right. So when we read the Torah, you have to read from left to right, not right to, not, you have to read from right to left, excuse me, not left to right. We read from left to right now, but 
in the beginning it wasn't so <laughs> they would write and read from right to left so imagine this breastplate of righteousness righteousness flipped okay levi belongs on the right hand side which is the place of honor right the right hand side and reuben belongs on the left hand side which is the place of dishonor and we all know we went over this before that reuben was a little pervert okay so when you see this breastplate of righteousness and the breastplate of the high priest imagine it flipped so levi is on the far high right and reuben is on the left and then it goes so on all right that would mean that benjamin is on the far right bottom and Zebulun is on the far left bottom. Marie, why is that important? Remember this later when we start reading about King David and so on. Because those who are on the far right column, amen, those who are more right with God, they, you will see how it translates um, over time in the books of the Bible. I believe when God directed Moses to create this breastplate for the high priest it was prosthetic because it told about what they would be doing throughout their times and throughout their nations and when we read and review that I believe and then we might go over a chart or two of where they say um, where the lost tribes are you know no one really knows so to speak maybe someone does know I don't know I haven't met them yet or found their radio or their book. That would be nice. Um, but I believe if we go and we look at the characteristics of these tribes, we might be able to find out based off what's going on in the world and the history of those lands where the 10 lost tribes are. That's just my belief. It's not anything written anywhere. I don't think so. But it's just a conclusion that I feel I'm coming to in Jesus' name. All right, let's continue reading. I believe God wanted the names of the righteous fathers of the nation of Israel and not the names of the tribes on the rod or staffs because God was calling into remembrance based off the righteousness of those who came before this rebellious generation. Continuing on, Numbers chapter 17, verse 4 through 18, through 8, excuse me. And thou shalt put them in the tabernacle, meaning the rods of congregation, before the ark of testimony, where I will declare myself, meaning God will declare himself, to you. And the man's rod whom I choose shall blossom, and I will make cease from me the grudges of the children of Israel which grudge against me. Then Moses spake to the children of Israel and all their princes gave a rod, one rod every prince according to the houses of their fathers. Even twelve rods and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. So what is actually going into the tabernacle? I believe it's thirteen rods. Um, because Aaron's rod says Levi on it, but the Levite's rod would say 
the Levites on it because I bet you they didn't follow instruction and put it according to the house of their fathers. I bet you they didn't do that. Don't quote me. It's not written anywhere, but it says right here. There were 12 rods and the rod sold plus the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of testimony. And when Moses in the morrow, meaning the morning, went into the tabernacle of the testimony, behold, a rod of Aaron for, for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth buds, brought forth blossoms and brought forth ripe, bare ripe almonds. So this had me wanting to look up a couple of definitions. One, I wanted to find out what were the health benefits of almonds. I know that's probably a weird direction to go for some, but in my opinion, God just doesn't say something. God doesn't say idle words. God has a purpose behind everything he says. Now, autumn, almonds have been proven to help alleviate headaches um so they're rich in vitamins rich in antibiotics on antibiotics antibiotics they're supposed to be really good for your brain and your brain function it's supposed to keep people sharp and witty and everything so that's nice and another fun fact um almonds are supposed to help with skin and wrinkles and keep you looking useful hallelujah <laughs> all right so that's a great thing and then the blossoms well blossoms are very fragrant right they they the blossoms from a blossom of a almond tree they're said to be very perfumey and very fragrant and they attract a lot of honey and bees for the honey and the pollination and all that situation right there so i thought that was pretty awesome but brought forth buds brought forth blossoms and brought forth bare almonds so this miracle that happened was something that normally happens over a season right um but god was able to make this happen overnight in an enclosed place the tabernacle or uh tabernacle of testimony where the only light that was in there was the light of the menorah correct okay so there was no sun in there so to speak because it's an enclosed area the air that would have been flowing would have only been the air from the breath of the lord our god and the light that only would have been showing is the light from the menorah that was supposed to be burning continuously in this tabernacle of the test um tabernacle of testimony so this obviously was a miracle in itself that it was came about in a suddenly abundantly overnight miracle happening in jesus name in my opinion this is kind of like when god speaks in a still small voice the nation of Israel didn't respond well or with fear of the Lord with the shaking and the quaking and and the winds and the rain and and the manna and the quail coming from the sky and they were eating so much they were vomiting and and the plague you see what I mean but here we're gonna read that the nation of Israel were so fearful that this rod and this bud was blossoming and already had almonds on it, already ripe to be, be picked and eaten, 
that now they're fearful and crying out to God like, oh no, we, we've ruined it. We've ruined everything. Isn't that kind of odd? Does anyone else find that odd? I think sometimes, not that God didn't know how to reach the nation of Israel, but I believe Sometimes we, God is showing us we need to take different steps to reach each other, um, meaning humans, so that we could get them to God and get them off the path of rebellion and get them, hallelujah, I feel that so strongly, huh, get them off the path of rebellion and on the path of salvation in Jesus' name. Does that make sense? Oh, praise God. Ooh, that just made my... <laughs> that was so happy. God is so good to us. All right, so let's go over another definition. The definition of grudge. Grudge, grudge, grudging grudges is to be reluctant to give or admit, even grudge the tuition money, to resent for having, be grudged, grudged against him, grudged against him his good ways with the child a deep sitting feeling of resentment or rencar it bears a grudge about the accident so when god says this will silence all the nations of israel's grudging their deep-seated feeling of resentment toward me their deep-seating rakan against my laws and my orders because they rather do their own thing this will silence them from thinking that i didn't choose aaron in his line i'm kind of wondering if at this point god is beyond fed up that is just me because god already sounded like he was fed up two chapters ago right <laughs> all right so 10 benefits of almonds i put that article in here i did share it on um our minds.com social media page it was an article that i found that i found interesting so i hope others like it and check it out if you would like to the link is on our blog all right so another thing i found interesting and so i went to uh, the definition of course of an almond what i was looking for or what an almond, almond tree represents. Mm. Excuse me, drinking some tea. What I was looking for was, I could have sworn that I saw a documentary where it said, the olive tree means the Hebrews and the nation of Israel. And the almond tree means the new covenant and the Christians. I was looking for that so I could provide the source because I remember watching that or reading it something and I thought that was just amazing because it had never occurred to me that could be a possible, I don't know, supernatural meaning, um, symbolic meaning of an olive tree and an almond tree, but um, I couldn't find it. <laughs> so the next big best thing is more definition pages so this printout yeah is from my Wyclef um bible encyclopedia which god gave me yay i'm so very happy about it anyhow here we go almond shekwar shekwar 
S-H-A-Q-E-D. The Hebrew name means awakening, the almond tree. And you know what's funny? On the Day of Atonement, you blow the shafah three times and then you yell, awake, awake, right? And many believe during the Day of Atonement is when Jesus is going to become the second timing. No, no one knows the hour or the day. It's just what is said. So we'll find out one day, won't we? All right. No need to argue. Some people will argue about it. Let's not argue. All right. Awakening and the almond tree. Am e dulus comonis is welcomed in Palestine as a humbringer of spring. The beautiful pink and white blossoms that cover it in January through February were a promise of new life and a symbol of hope. In the era of the Maccabees, oh, I love the story of the Maccabees, when Israel seems to have a new national beginning, the almond was a picture of the shekel, was a pictured on a shekel. As early as the time of Jacob, the nuts were mentioned as a one of the products of the land. The Jordan almonds and their oil were still a well-known export. I did not know one could make almond oil. I found that interesting. And I was like, you can make almond oil? How come I have not seen this? I have never ever heard or seen almond oil, right? I've seen almond powder, I've obviously seen almonds, but I've never seen almond oil. That's pretty awesome. The rod of Aaron that budded and bore fruit and bore fruit as a sign of a blessing and choosing of the Lord was an almond. The almond flower was an artistic decoration on the seven branch lampshades, the menorah, and, oh no, no, I'm sorry. The menorah and the lampshade are two different things. Oh, Father, forgive me. Thank you for correcting me, Lord. So before when I said the only thing that was giving up light in the tabernacle of meaning was the menorah. God is correcting me. Thank you, Lord. It was, that's the lamp, okay? The lamp of the lighting. The menorah and the lamp of the lining are two different things. I stand corrected. Thank you, Father. Amen. All right. The seven branch lampshade, um, lampstand, the tree is slightly larger than a peach tree and grows from Spain to China, the best being found in Syria. Very interesting, right? I love reading books and de definitions. Um, I don't have a link to that one because I couldn't find a PDF version of this one online, but um, I did cite the page and the encyclopedia and the printier for those who would like to look it up on their own time all right let's continue numbers chapter 17 verse 9 the moses brought out the rods from before the lord unto all the children of israel and they looked upon them and took every man his rod after what a slap in the face right you see one rod and you see one kind of budding and you're like oh man that's not mine that's not mine Honestly, I wonder if at this point, these princes of the tribes felt a little bit of humbleness. humbleness. Did they finally feel a little bit of shame? Did they finally feel some remorse for... Um, did they finally feel some remorse for, you know, 
sinning against God and, and being rebellious and did they finally feel any sorrow? Did they did they finally repent? Like what did they do? You know, that's what I'm wondering. Um I don't know. I pray they did. Because normally when you know people have it put in their face like, hey, you've done wrong. Correct yourself. God give, God is giving you another chance. He's telling you, you know, you need to fix this. I don't understand not wanting to fix it for God's sake. Especially now that we know about our Jesus and our Messiah and everything that our Jesus suffered so that we could have eternal life with our Father. I don't understand being so prideful or arrogant or, I don't know, just cold-hearted where you can't take a look and be like, man, I messed up God. I need to get right with you. That just doesn't make sense to me. I pray for people who are like that. It must be so difficult for them. It really must. They, and they don't even know the true happiness and joy that they could have in Christ, probably. Huh? Oh, we gotta pray, y'all. Gotta pray. Alright. And they took them and took every man his rod. After the Lord... After the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to, to be kept for a token of the rebellious children, and thou shalt cause their mourning to cease before me, that they not die. So Moses did as the Lord had commanded him, he did so. So where it says right here, it's so their mourning will cease before me. I wonder if the, their murmuring, sorry, their murmuring will cease before me. I don't know if this is in reference to, are they murmuring now that they have witnessed Aaron is the one chosen? Or is this in reference to the chapters of their murmuring previously where they were murmuring and grumbling and saying, why has, you know, Moses chosen Aaron? It wasn't God who chose them. It's them who chose each other and they're having to be brothers and let's come against them. You see what I mean? I believe it could have been both. Especially certain ones, they were probably murmuring because they were angry uh, and feeling like hot in your face and now they're like um, embarrassed. They're not ashamed that they mistreated God and God's servant. They're not ashamed that they were inciting violence or being insurrectionists or traitors. They're just ashamed they got caught and proven wrong and now the whole nation is going to know about it in Jesus' name. Lock them up. Amen. You see what I'm saying? But some people, they just can't get over themselves. They're just arrogant like their father, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, LSD, who we rebuking in Yeshua's great name. So did Moses as the Lord had commanded him, so did he. Why didn't Moses just ask God to force the nation of Israel to be quiet, to force them to stop murmuring, to force them to cease from doing other evil actions. Why didn't Moses, you know, he he asked God, don't accept their offerings, don't accept their repentance. Show them, you know, how much evil they've been doing in your sight, God. Let them realize, right? Why didn't Moses do this? Well, I believe it's because Moses and God love his, their people and they're not tyrants. God is merciful, wonderful, and good. 
He's not evil. He doesn't want evilness for us. And Moses, being his servant, was a humble man. He was known as being so humble and so giving. He didn't even stick up for himself hardly, right? Whereas most of us, you know, we fight over one, <laughs> one single thing. But those who work for their enemies of Almighty God, and those who are enemies of God's children, they do. They, they ask God, their God, with a little g, to force these masks or bridles on their enemies. Those they don't want running their mouths and murmuring. And those who aren't going with the status quo, so to speak. And just like the traitors before them, they will fall into the pit. Hashtag 2020. Hashtag pain. Hashtag nothing can stop what is coming. Hashtag justice. Hashtag soon cue. Alright, so what I have on the screen is like pictures of bridles, right? And some of the Psalms say this, may a bridle be placed into their mouth, right? So they can no longer murmur, cast spells, hexes and vexes, which we rebuke in Yeshua's great name, against God's people. A bridle helps this horse to lead and know where he's going, right? But God led me to this. So if you have children in the room, this might be the time where you're like, hey baby, why don't you go ahead and step away because... I don't want you to learn about this history yet, but if you are okay with it, it is your household and you do as you do. In Jesus' name. Alright. So this led me to these photos, right? This is what slave masters used to do to their slaves and every race has been slaved. Every conquered people all over every nation has been a slave. Get off your little black ego trip. I don't want to hear it. I'm mixed. I'm tired of hearing about this BLM BS crap. I'm so sick of it. It's disgusting. It's a disgrace to our ancestors and those who came before us. So get over it in Jesus name. Get over your victimhood mentality, your victimhood spirit. Don't send that trash here. Amen. I did not want to hear about it. I'm as mixed as mixed could be and I don't care. I'm proud of our ancestors, but mine who were slave owners and those who were slaves. I'm proud of both of them. Amen. Because they allowed me to be here today and God made everything happen for a reason. Amen and amen. All right. So historically speaking, these bridles or masks were used for human slaves. They were used as torture devices. They were also used, you know, to silence witches and those that they thought were doing sorcery in in dark and medieval times right um these had a lot of different forms but these are the ones that i could find up in the in the search engines of duckduckgo on the brave browser but this is what god led me to and i was just grossed out speaking with these sick disgusting perverted individuals and this is why please don't have your children in the room for this part that you can do what you want through your children but i would think not all right look at some of these pictures go ahead and click on this without your children in the room they want people walking around with masks if you go and you watch certain films with the pornographies and the pd pd you know stuff and all this stuff this perverseness this is some of the stuff they do to people they are violating 
and being grotesque towards and animalistic towards. This is what they do. And there were articles that I read saying that slave masters or those who would conquer other nations or whatever the case may be or in sexual perverseness, they put this over the mouth of their the individual to mask screams and so they won't talk. And doesn't that look similar to, this is a form of a human bridle, just like a horse one, right? And it looks very similar to what they are trying to do now to the whole world. And there is no doubt in my mind that these sickos, these perverts, a lot of them, probably get some, uh, some grotesque thrill out of it, especially when they make jokes about it. And they say it is like a tee-hee-ha-ha. It's not funny. It's disgusting. And you have to be a sick individual where something like this titillates you. You see what I mean? This is that perversion that Lucifer, Satan, and the devil, which we rebuke in Yeshua's great names, um, send it to the feet of Yeshua HaMashiach, amen, for judgment. Um, this is what they find appealing punishing people for not bending to their grotesque will for having their nerve to have a backbone for having the nerve to have intestinal fortitude or courage in christ for having the nerve to know that your heritage is in the lord that this earth is only a stepping stone to get to our future home with jesus in the new earth and new jerusalem when he returns one day they don't want us to know who and where we truly come from. They want us to be trapped in their fake world with their fake things and slaves to their system. So they're putting a bridle in many's mouth and many are just so willing to go along with it, which I do not understand. I mean, this is stuff that was going on in 1918 or 1917. And before that, like I was looking in history books, before that and after that, there was war. There was famine. There was inflammation. Inf in, inf what is it? Inflammation? With the stock market and the prices of goods. And I know I'm saying it wrong. Excuse my accent. But you know what I mean. Prices for this is going up. Prices for that is going up. And then there was a huge crash. And after that, there was the Great Depression. And after that, there was a war. There's nothing new under the sun, children of God. This is exactly what they're trying to bring the children of God to. I just noticed that, that, that uh, newspaper clips is January 25th. Ooh, I hope not. <laughs> right? Um, and back in those times, guess what the nation did? They fought against it. They fought against it. And by the grace of our living God, they won. If back in biblical times, when that nation was so wicked and so rebellious and going against God, God didn't try to shut them up. God gave them free will. Why are so many, so many, even Christians, I'm using air quotes, Christians, why are they so willing to be like, if only they would do this. If only they would get that shot. If they, only they would put that on their face. If only they would muzzle themselves. If only they would go along with the schism. Quit, 
system and queen. Those people are the same people that would have thrown their baby in the river because Pharaoh said it's a mandate. You see what I mean? Why are they so willing to do this? I don't understand. Are they scared? Are they fearful? I don't, I don't want to use the word coward, but I believe they're cowards. Have they forgotten the God that we serve? Do they even know the God that we serve? Or is Jesus just that baby in a manger? Hmm? Is God their genie in a bottle, their piggy bank? Their elf on the shelf that they pull out once a year? Is that, is that God to them? Someone to decorate their house with and then box them up? Be like, all right, see you next year, Jesus, thanks. Thanks for being in that manger. You see what I mean? If we would only look to God every step of the way, a lot of our problems would be removed from us. They wouldn't even come near us. Just like this nation of Israel. If they wouldn't have been so stiff-necked and hard-headed, if they would have just trusted in the Lord and followed who God had appointed them over him, Moses, for that period in time, they would have been right with God. And even before that, if the generations before that would have been right with God, they never even would have been led into slave and captivity. We all have a part to play in our generation and the generations to follow. Amen. So what is the definition of a bit or a bridle? Well, I'm glad you asked. Mm. Praise the living God. This is out of the Strong's Concordance online, I believe. And neither Hebrew, in neither Hebrew or Old Testament nor the Greek of the New Testament does there appear the word bit. The word commonly rendered bridle in both languages includes the whole controlling harness of a horse's head. The Hebrew metek, M-E-T-H-E-G, commonly means bridle, but includes the bit, while risen, R-E-S-E-N, means halter. The word metek is used figuratively only in 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 9. If the word of which is formed of a part of a difficult text can be rendered, the bridle of the mother city. The New Testament uses chalinos, C-H-A-L-I-N-O-S, twice. In James chapter 3, verse 3, in Revelation chapter 14, verse 20. The remaining of, of the first is undoubtedly a bit, i.e., for example, stone iman, or mouthpiece, as a distinct form of Hen, ni, ah, or reins. This cynic dash may be parallel to um, this in the Greek lexicon. Opposite is true for the second case, where it means reins. Here we go. Strong tooth. All right. And the Jordanian Archaeological Museum has a bit of of Syrian origin from the second millennium BC, which spiked rings and spikes turned inward on each end. It was designed to prick the outside of the animal's mouth. 
there is a joint bit of a modern form in the same era. Honestly, I believe a lot of those bits were actually for the slaves. They just don't like saying it, but all right, all right. And by the way, let's, let's, let me just reiterate, everyone in that area were conquering everyone, okay? And that whole area was a bunch of multicultural, different races of different skin tones. So all those races out there who are just hooked on your skin color, get over yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Numbers chapter 17, verse 12 through 13. And the children of Israel spoke to Moses, saying, Behold, we are dead. Because now they're finally afraid. It's about time. Behold, we are dead. We perish. We are all lost. Whoever cometh near or approach the tabernacle of the Lord shall die. Shall we be consumed and die? See, previous before this, they used to bring their offerings and such to the tabernacle of the Lord, right? And they used to have their ceremonies and um, their offerings, their free will givings, their sacrifices. And everyone was able to approach the tabernacle up to a certain point, right? But after a certain point, it was only the priests. Now, due to their continuous rebellion and their great fall, where they are now on the same spiritual level as everyone else in the world at this time, the stranger and the sojourner and the newcomer, right? Um, now, they have become so unclean spiritually, they cannot go even around the tabernacle of the Lord or else they would perish, burn up, and die for the Lord is holy. He cannot and will not be in the presence of someone so wicked and unclean like this nation of Israel was doing right here at this time. That is what they're saying. Now, they're regretting. They're realizing, oh man, we really messed up. We actually had it good, which tends to happen. Sometimes individuals don't know what they have until they lose it and that happens even with loving God and it is so very sad but I pray we get past that one day and just mature in the Lord and we'll appreciate our father as he obviously is only worthy amen all right so next we're going to get into the Torah teaching it will be a short spiritual teaching uh, so give me five five seven more minutes and then we will end with a prayer to our Almighty Father who is in heaven. Amen and amen. For the sake of avoiding redundancy, I will only go over the Bible verses that the Lord our God pointed out to me while I was reading and studying. Amen and amen. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ Nazareth, thank you, hallelujah, Lord, for your presence in our life. Thank you for leading and guiding us. Thank you for giving us free will, Lord. So we know that when we are being oppressed, it's something that is not for us and not of you. And we are to reject it and rebuke it in Jesus' name and not support it whatsoever. Pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruha Kaddish, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes and amen. Praise God. So I want to show others. Remember how I said before uh, with the breastplate of righteousness, we read it from left to right, correct? All right. So what you see in the right-hand column is the Hebrew version of Numbers chapter 17. Hebrew, we would read from right to left, not left to right. 
So when we look at the breastplate of righteousness or the breastplate with the stones of remembrance that the um, high priest of the tabernacle, the Kohanim Grandar, which is Aaron at this time, would wear, it should be flipped, okay? So please keep that as a note somewhere in your, in your Bible study journal that Hebrew, we read it from right to left. So later when we see these um, tribes and we go over their characteristics in a little bit more in depth and their sins and their backgrounds, when we start studying, hopefully if God will allow it, the 10 lost tribes um, that are scattered around the world today, we will be able to look at the land, look at the histories of the land and do a kind of leading by the spirit of the lord our god uh assessment where these 10 tribes possibly are and if we might be a member of these 10 lost tribes we can always ask god our father to lead us in jesus name now it is just a spiritual leading when an exercise to help us grow in our relationship with the lord and help us um expand our spiritual sensitivity to him it is by no means anything that is straight concrete unless the Lord our God has led you to that. Amen and amen. All right. So I'll leave this on the screen as we go over notes. And the major events, it should be a signpost for the future and that the God, our God commanded the remains of the tragedy should be used as an... Uh, ornament reminder of the catastrophe in judgment and failure of belief these rods were now going to be placed at the tabernacle and the tent of meeting area for all to see that it is Aaron who the Lord our God has chosen Aaron was seen as an epitome of goodness ascribed E-P-I-T-O-M-E One that consummately represents an entire class. Aaron was known as an epitome of goodness and flourished in this growth. Aaron was one who, though he did have a little issue, right, with the whole golden calf scenario, once he came out of that, he learned his lesson. He did not repeat certain issues ever again. That is true repentance. We turn from sin. We apologize to God. We recognize and have a changed heart and a change, changed heart and changed mindset. And then we go forth and sin no more. So worse won't happen to us. Through that, we are showing that we love our Jesus because those who love the Lord our God, we keep his commandments in Jesus' name. Aaron was known as the epitome of goodness and flourishing growth. Verse chapter 5. This verse commentary states that the plates were copper with the incense that was presented at the tabernacle. Before we went over and I was like, I don't know if they're gold plates, silver plates, or copper plates. It was during this time in the commentary on the Torah where it said it was copper. So I was like... Praise God, I need to make sure to put that out there. <laughs> Alright, verse 11. When Moses went into the midst of the mountain, Moses was in the, in, the, in the classroom of heaven where the angel of death, 
taught Moses that offering incense by fire can check or rid a plague. The people of Israel were thinking that the cause of the death that was that was going about the nation of Israel at this time was due to the incense. They were recalling when the two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, had offered God strange incense and were consumed by the Lord our God's fire. But God inspired Moses to guide and order Aaron to burn the incense at the altar as further proof of Aaron's atonement of goodness and righteousness, but also as further proof that Aaron was still the chosen priest of the um, high priest of the tabernacle, but also as further proof that incense, it wasn't causing the plague. The plague was being sent as a punishment by the Lord our God for the nation of Israel's continued rebellion. God proved by this that it was their sin that was killing them. It wasn't any superstition of burning about the incense. Verse 25. The rod of Aaron stayed blossomed for centuries. Hallelujah. It was placed in front of the holy ark through most of the first temporal era together with a flake of manna until they were all hidden by King Josea in the 16th King Josea the 16th king of Judah King Josea was the son of King Ammon and a grandson of King Manasseh both were very wicked kings of Judah but King Josea loved the Lord Josea means healed of the Lord, and the Lord will support. At age 8, King Josea sought God. Helda, a woman prophet, she gave the King Josea words of God's blessing. In 2 Chronicles chapter 34-35, King Josea was later killed in battle by being overambitious not letting the pharaoh necro go and not turning back from battle and war his lesson is a life lesson how we can start off right with god we can do great things by god but sometimes when we lose our sensitivity to god's holy spirit and think we know more than god and become over ambitious we remove god protection from the blessing of that situation and go out on our own that is something that we are not called to do right same thing with this nation of israel if the nation of israel had kept hearkening on to the voice of the lord our god we cannot doubt that they would have made it into the promised land things would have probably looked a whole lot different but because they chose to continue to be rebellious they chose to continue to not have any amount of self-reflection, right? They shorted themselves by their own willful actions, the blessings of our Father who is in heaven. Let that not be us, children of God. 
All right, chosen of God. That concludes this part of the Bible study. I pray others got something out of this Bible study. Numbers chapter 17. I pray it bless others in Jesus' name. And that when others want to hear this again or read about Numbers chapter 17, the nations shall see whom the Lord our God has chosen. Q. Thy staff and thy rod, they comfort me. This almond tree. That they remember psalm chapter 23 which we are going to read and end our bible study with today i felt like god was leading us to this bible study because or this psalm because i've been singing it for for a couple weeks now and um it just i know most read it is a somber psalm is they mostly read it at funerals, but when I read it, I hear joy, I hear happiness. So as I'm reading it, please don't take offense. Um, if someone, you know, had a reading at a event of a loved one. When I read the Psalm, I hear God's protection. I hear God leading us, even though it may be darkness around us. God is ensuring that we will make it through to the other side. And we will have a brighter day in Jesus' name because we lean on God. We lean on His correction. We lean on His direction. We lean on His word. We lean on His presence. Hallelujah. We lean on His still small voice. We look at others and we see proverbs and lessons. We look at correction and we take our correction from God as a loving father correcting his child. We don't given to any victimhood or any slave mentality we know that the lord our god is with us and we are helplessly and incredibly in love with our savior amen amen psalms chapter 23 a psalm of david the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me rest in green pasture he leadeth me by the still waters he restoreth my soul and leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, yea, though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, hallelujah, they comfort me. Thou doest prepare a table before me in the sight of my adversaries. Thou dost anoint my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. <laughs> Doubtless kindness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall remain a long season in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. Oh, I love that psalm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That was the Geneva 1560 edition of that psalm, by the way. If anyone's wondering why it sounds a little different. Oh, praise God. I love reading God's word. God just warms my heart. He makes me so happy. And oh, All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this Bible study. Thank you for blessing us and watching over us. Thank you for your leading and guiding, Lord. We are just so humble we're so grateful to be your children we feel so 
taken care of and so loved, so cared for, and so provided for, Lord. And we just give you all the praise, honor, and glory because we pray that more would know a love like yours. More would be led by Christ. More would go and seek your face and seek your, become part of the body. That more would just give in to you being their father and the Lord of them. Father, we continue to pray for our nation, other nations, those who truly love the Lord and are seeking God's face. We pray for everyone within the body of Christ, those who are in need of healing, restoration, those who are in need of peace, those who are patiently waiting for their victory and your promises in them to come to pass, Lord. We pray that they continue to stay fast and continue to wait on the Lord and we know that you will bring them the desires of the heart that are in accordance with your word, accordance to your thoughts towards them, Lord, accordance to what you have always known about them since they were, before they were formed in their mother's womb, Lord, you have a set plan, hallelujah, for each and every one of your children. We pray that if there is any stronghold or any blockages, uh, blocking these promises or these blessings from coming to pass lord that they be torn down broken down like the walls of jericho that they be loosed now in jesus name lord so that your children can walk in the fullness of a life that you created for them a life that you ordained for them a life that you anointed for them father a light that you have shone brightly on we just prophesy and speak faith into their heart and into their mind, Lord. We just prophesy that courage, strength, and goodness that is all from you will be with your children this next season and the seasons to come. Mm. As always, we pray for our President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, all the patriots worldwide, and those who are fighting for the agenda the purpose, the glory of the only living God, our Yeshua HaMashiach, our Jesus, our Christ, Emmanuel, for God is always with us. We pray for the other prophets, the other healers, the other saints, the other Bible studies, the other missionaries, the other Christians, wherever you are, the other Hebrews, the other Jews, wherever you are, if you love the Lord and the Lord our God is with you and you are maybe a baby Christian or a long-term Christian and you're celebrating with the Lord tonight may God continue to watch over you may God's face shine upon you may God restore you may God strengthen you hallelujah may God give you a new breath of life may God cause any dried bones to awake and live right now in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah we pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes and Amen. Well, till next time, children of the Most High, ever-loving and living God, may God bless you, may God keep you, may we all be forever written in the book of life. Amen. Marie Speaks God's Grace Website MarieSpeaksGodsGrace.line Marie Speaks God's Grace
Son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. For so I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. And shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, said the Lord. 